Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a program online. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, all of the places, or you'll just on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Howdy, friends. Today is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022, 29 days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Pablo Picasso. Hope he's doing well. I hope he's healthy and, and living life wherever he is. Probably in Spain. Seems right. Let's make sure. Let me check on Pablo Picasso. How's he doing? Oh, no. Oh, don't tell me. I have some terrible breaking news. Mm-hmm. Pablo Picasso has died at the age of 91 in April 1973. It's. I feel like it's only right if we cancel the show for the rest of the day. A moment of silence for Pablo Picasso. Episode 1482, I think it is. I think it was 1482, according to my podcast notes. Oh, I had 183. It's okay. But I, we, I noticed that yesterday when I was posting the podcast. Let me see. Anyway, on today's show, folks, we're going to run down. We're going to recap the college football weekend, the five biggest college football moments of the weekend. Uh, show you those. Then we're going to talk with Craig White, the Texas High no, School. No, it is because, remember, we recorded a show last week and Mallory ran it. Yeah, but I posted that podcast. I don't know. We'll get to the bottom of this when we're not on the air wasting our valuable viewers' time. Um, we'll be joined by Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here, and he's joining us while on vacation. He's not. He's not working this today. Oh, really? He's not working today, and so like I texted him and I was like, "Hey, man, like, are you still good to go on the show?" He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm just gonna be sitting around." <laughs> okay, because they're moving houses. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we'll hear from them, and then we'll round it all out with the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top Ten Plays of the Week, presented by Body Armor. So stay tuned for all of that. Do you have for, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. Let me pull up that tab now. And it was just Chad, Rob Hadaway, Ed McElroy, and Coach Terry Crawford. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, my friends. Welcome in, my friends. All right. Let's start 
recapping the college football weekend in earnest. Uh, it was a large college football weekend across the state of Texas. Um, but um, there were, you know, we, we want to make sure we are being thorough. But at the same time, I do want to acknowledge some games that we are not going to talk about. Is that okay with you? Could we yeah, do that? That's fine. So, for example, we will not talk about Baylor's win over Kansas. It's an important win. Kansas is very clearly not the team that we thought they were, especially without Jalen Daniels. Um, Baylor tried to let it get away late, but they didn't. So good job, good job by Baylor. Um, so there's, we're not going to talk about that game. We're not going to talk about uh, SMU's near miss against uh, Cincinnati. Um, you can't, you just can't fall behind that early and 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 you know try to rally that quickly against a, a quality team. Uh, we're not going to talk about Houston's pretty thorough win over Navy. Navy's not what they were, once were, but like good win for them. We're not going to we're not going to um, we're not going to talk about Texas Tech's dismantling about of West Virginia, although that might be their most impressive win of the, of the year. Um, and then we're not going to talk about Texas State losing a cider mess. Okay. That seems so, fair. Just acknowledging that we can't get there's only five spots on this list, so we can't get to everything. But we'll start with number five. Liddy has uncorked two touchdown passes. Can he get another two point conversion? This for the win. The throw lobs it well out of the reach of the intended receiver, and this game is over. Rice has held on. The pass appeared to be intended for Cyrus Allen, and it was well overthrown. And Rice... Rice survives Louisiana Tech to keep their bull hopes alive. Um, Hoot. Rice tried very hard to give this thing away at the end. Um, They were up 35-27. Up 35-27, they scored with about uh, four minutes left to go up 35-27, and it looked like, you're good. Louisiana Tech marches down. They convert, uh, I believe, three third downs and eventually get an incredible catch from Cyrus Allen um, in in the end zone with 37 seconds left. And they get the two-point conversion to Trey Harris. Um, And yeah, so at that point, they they go to overtime. Um, Rice is able to... um, Rice is able to score on a Juma Oroviano touchdown run. Uh, three pl- or three plays they get in, and then Louisiana Tech scores. Decides to go for two. They score, by the way, on fourth and three, and they um, and they uh, an eighteen yard touchdown pass and incredible another incredible catch by Landry Liddy. They had like three or four incredible catches. Mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech did. Um, they go for the two and just completely fail to execute. That's a pretty poor pass there from Landry Liddy their quarterback who was i believe the freshman that they threw in there late um now that said let's talk about results because this is a results oriented business rice is now four and three okay rice is now four and three so they need two more wins to get to get bowl eligibility bowl eligibility and i think their best chance is going to be their next two they're home to charlotte this week charlotte just fired their coach so probably should win that game and then they're home to utep UTEP's four and four. You know they're they're doing okay, but the rest of the but here the good thing for Rice though is the rest of their games. Charlotte is probably a should win. The rest of them, UTEP, Western Kentucky, UTSA, and North Texas, I would categorize as winnable. UTSA is probably the toughest one on that list, but I think the rest of those are winnable for Rice. So I think a bowl should be in the full in in, in the cards. But this is an important one because if you get that, it's a lot harder to count to three out of the last five than it's two out of the last five. Yes, this is really important for Rice. So I thought this was a huge win for the Owls. Number four. 
to start us off. Xavier Leggett to receive. And Leggett wants to bring it out. Got a seam. And Leggett takes it past the 30. And here he goes down the sideline. What a start for the Gamecocks. Xavier Leggett takes it to the house. South Carolina stuns A&M out of the gate. Uh, that was Xavier Leggett, a 100-yard kickoff return for a touch on the opening kick. And that wasn't a fluke. That's about how the rest of the game looked. <laughs> that set the tone. Mm-hmm. I'll say that because what happened is with about nine minutes left in the first quarter, A&M was down 17-0. Mm-hmm. When I, sh- I wasn't watching that game, but when I got on my phone and saw that, I was like, Oh, my God. 9.51 left in the first quarter. Christian Beal Smith runs for a five-yard touchdown to make it 17-0. Less than six minutes in, it was 17-0. I, we talked about Jimbo Fisher yesterday. I don't want to harp on it. But, like, coming out of an open date, to play that poorly in the first quarter and to basically bury yourself in the first quarter... Stinks. And by the way, their their special teams have not been good this year. No, that's 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 been an issue for them all year long. Is special teams, and it cost them in a big way. And 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 you cannot let that happen on the road in a night game mm-hmm. against the South Carolina team and South Carolina program that's trying to prove that like this year is different. Right. That they're on the rise. Well, and then after that, then you're going to force your mediocre offense to come out and try and muster up anything. You know, it's like. That's awful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there you go. Sorry, the San Marcos ruling just came down. Um, San Marcos was just hit with a one-year suspension from post-district play for 2023-24. So, so not next this year. year. Yeah. So they're eligible this year, but they're ineligible next year. Anyway, there you go. That's number four. Number three. In overtime at TCU, he's got only one miss on the season. That was today. Sanders has a completion and a first down. take a seven-point lead, the reverse of what happened last week to OSU. Big-time play here by Bryson Green. You mentioned it. They need him to step up, and that's what he's done. Just a simple slant route, and you see the strength fighting through the tackle of Deshaun. Texas' defense lets them down at Oklahoma State. So, I'm not here to tell you that I thought Quinn Ewers was great in this game. He, yeah, that was not his best. I thought he was pretty, pretty ordinary. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, but what you doing giving up 535 yards to Oklahoma State? I'm fairly sure that defense actually didn't walk off the bus. I mean, and that play, that play right there, which ended up being the game-winning touchdown for Oklahoma State, it was a go-ahead touchdown. That was indicative of the entire way that they played defensively throughout the course of the game and especially in the second half. Especially in the second half, their tackling was horrible. Their tackling was very poor, like very basic stuff. Like the coverages were okay. They just couldn't tackle. And 
you know, look, they, they you can't be minus you can't be you know they ended up being minus one the turnover margin. A lot of his three interceptions. It was a total failure there. But at the same time, the offense I don't think was the issue. They threw for three hundred nineteen yards. He wasn't sharp, but he wasn't he wasn't terrible, and they ran the ball really well. Bijan Robinson was excellent in this game, one hundred forty yards and a touchdown. But for Texas, that was an opportunity to go on the road and get a real signature win. And I also think, I heard this on a podcast this week, and I I, I tend to agree with it. How Texas plays against Oklahoma State generally tends to be indicative of where they are as a program. If they beat Oklahoma State soundly, things are going pretty well. It's a bellwether. It's a canary in the coal mine. And I think that that is actually what you saw at Oklahoma State is a good reflection of where they are as a program. Obviously trending in an okay direction, but not there yet. Not there yet. And so they dropped to 5-3 and three on, the, on, on the year, and now this week they take on... Who do they got this week? Do you know? Who could possibly know? Oh, they go to Kansas State. Not like Manhattan's been a house of horrors for them. Anyway, that's coming up this week. Very disappointing. I thought Texas had a great chance to win this game if they could just tackle, which was frustrating to see. So, there you go. Number two. At least they came out of that cover two, so now they can defend the one. Looking for Johnston now. Speaking of big plays, he's got right. it, and it's a touchdown. Jimmy Squat Dog Reed is what we call it. And when you're able to put a guy in your pocket, he stumbles. Oh, you I think he pulled that right hamstring to yeah. Julius Prince there, the left cornerback. But he went past him like hit him like he stole something. Duggan to Johnston caps TCU's latest magic act. And it's, it's time to start calling it for what it is, which is magic, what's going on at TCU. That's not to say, I don't mean that I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I want to be clear. But this is now another double-digit second-half rally that they've put together. They did it last week against Oklahoma State. They did it this week against Kansas State. And they overcame an 18-point deficit. Now, part of that, I think, is a reflection of good coaching and seniors and, 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 and veteran guys who are saying, guys, we've still got this. We don't, need to, we don't need to panic if we're down 18. Right? But they're down 18 points. Last week, they were down 17 points Oklahoma State. And they roar back and they win. That 55-yard touchdown pass from Duggan to Quentin Johnston gave them uh, the lead. Uh, and they would not um, they would not relinquish that was their third consecutive touchdown drive I want to be very I want to be careful about how I phrase this because TCU is certainly deserving of being 7-0 right they're certainly deserving of being 7-0 what is most impressive about them is not that they're going out there and just like blowing teams away that game against Oklahoma is really the outlier What's impressive about them is that they're winning on the margins. They're winning when it matters. They're doing the things that they need to do when it matters most. Now, there does come a point when you probably need to go out there and blow a team out and just show a little bit of dominance and not have to sweat and not fall down by 17. But I think that in the end, that is a really, really good trick. The schedule's interesting the rest of the way. At West Virginia should be a win. West Virginia is pretty, pretty bad. Just ask Texas Tech. They're home to Texas Tech, and then they're at Texas and at Baylor before, before closing out at home against Iowa State. 
anything at this point, it's comfortable. I'm comfortable saying anything less than a berth in the Big 12 championship game would be a massive disappointment. Yes, massive disappointment. I think, and I think that all of Fort Worth feels that way too. And, like they, they've set the bar now. Let's put it this way: they're four and zero in conference. Mm-hmm. The other two teams that are three and one, they've beaten Oklahoma State and Kansas State. Mm-hmm. No excuse not to make the Big 12 championship game. It's probably still too much to ask to ask them to run the table. There's still too many landmines. Right. But I do think this is a good team that is made better. It's a good team made better by what they do on the margins. Well, and after the the fashion that that Oklahoma State TCU game ended, if we were to get that as a rematch, man, that would be a really mm-hmm. fun Big 12 championship mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the biggest moment of the college football weekend. Number one. It's going to start at the whistle. Harris has time down the middle. Oh, what a catch! Oscar Cardenas with a sensational one-handed grab. And now the decision, do you run a play or you just kill the clock? I think they're just going to spike it. No, they're going to go ahead and run a play right here. They snap it with 22. Harris, fade, end zone, touchdown! It's not coaches, it's players. Cardinus on that catch, and then that game-winning catch right there by Clark. Those are back-to-back spectacular plays. 80-pound tight end. Watch him, Cardinus. I thought the ball might be intercepted. That is unbelievable. That's 280 pounds. And now the touchdown, which we've seen this kid do this every week. Look how much air he puts under it. That's just 6-3 with an unbelievable vertical jump against 5'8". Look at that. Coaches get a lot of credit. UTSA's miracle march versus North Texas keeps them perfect in Conference USA. We go to Ashley Pickle for her thoughts. Did you watch this game? I watched every second of it. So you watched Frank Harris rip the heart out of North Texas? So this game was awesome. This Let me be clear. This game was super boring, and then it was awesome. <laughs> this game, at the start, what did it go to halftime 6-3? Mm-hmm. With halftime 6-3, it went, to, it went to the fourth quarter like 13-10, and ends 31-27. Yeah, it was a, f- a the fourth, fourth quarter was a fireworks factory. It was a ton of fun. A fourth quarter flurry where North Texas, or rather UTSA scores a go-ahead touchdown with 2.36 left. Okay? No- North Texas marches down and scores with a minute 38 left before, te- before UTSA, with no timeouts, goes seven plays, 75 yards, Capping it with two. Honestly, I I should have included the other one because there were three plays in a row that really were just like Frank Harris magic and UT like Roadrunner Devil Roadrunner magic. Okay, fourth and two at the North Texas forty-five. Frank Harris finds Zakari Franklin for exactly two yards and like right at the sticks, two yards. Both clear, first down. Then you have that incredible catch down the seam by Oscar Cardenas. 
Okay, but Oscar Cardenas for down to the ten. They get up, they hurry up because they have no timeouts. They throw into the end zone and an incredible cl- catch by Zachorian Clark in the end zone to win it. Um, Mike Craven tweeted it out about how under Jeff Trailer, UTSA is now like sixteen and five in one score games. Little things matter. Mm-hmm. Little things matter, and UTSA did the little things. And I, I, he, he said the right thing after that game, which is that UTSA had Frank Harris, and North Texas didn't, and that was the difference. And and by the way, I'll just tell you this: everyone, the, those f- those five four guys who are uh, involved in those three plays, the fourth down conversion, the incredible catch down the seam, and then the touchdown, every one of them is indicative of what Jeff Trailer wants to build there. Uh, you've got Frank Harris, Shirts Clemens, Zachary Franklin, Cedar Hill, DeCorian Clark, Fourth Wyatt, Oscar Cardenas, San Antonio Brandeis. Two San Antonio kids, two DFW kids. And now UTSA is probably going to win conference USA. Or at least they're going to make it to the title game. You got to feel like they're going to make it to the title game. Uh, UA, they're at UAB. Which that's, that's tricky. Always, that's always going a Going to Birmingham's one. tough. Yeah. But Louisiana Tech is down bad. Yep. Rice is a game they should win, and they're UTEP. I mean, they should they should finish the year ten and two. They'll be favored in the rest of their games. See, yeah, they gotta they if gotta I, watch out for Rice because I think mm-hmm. they're they're gonna get up and they're gonna play for UAB. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think there's 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 just no way that they'll have any sort of problem against La Tech. But that Rice game, if Rice is still playing for mm-hmm. something and you're kind of sleeping on Rice, thinking mm-hmm. that you've made it through the two, they're wars, a lot better. They they've gotta be ready to go for that Rice game, or that could be the one. Just like last year when they played North Texas and North Texas tripped them up, that could be the one for UT for North Texas. This is obviously disappointing. Mm-hmm. Don't let one loss beat you twice. Because now yep. they go to Western Kentucky mm-hmm. on... Is it Saturday? Yes. Okay, on Saturday. They go to Western Kentucky on Saturday. Uh, you got to make sure and, and you come out firing in that mm-hmm. one. Don't let don't let this one torpedo your season because this is kind of one of those... Yeah, because you can win that one. If you go on the road and win that one, then you can beat La Tech then you're five the and next week you're or FIU the next Five week. and four and then you're bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. It's all still out there in front of them for more Texas. And in fact, if they win this game, they're in the catbird seat to make it back to a Conference USA title game. Because remember, there's no divisions this year. So. Oh, that's right. Yes, just top two. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, anyway... There it is. It's the biggest moment of the weekend. UTSA's Miracle March against North Texas keeps them perfect. Those are the five biggest college football moments of the weekend. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. First National Bank of Omaha is proud to support the communities they serve every day by spotlighting impressive young people and their schools through the Impactful Leader Program. This week, we're proud to recognize Donovan Woolen from Frisco Wakeland High School. Uh, read more about what makes Donovan a great leader at TexasFootball.com. Congratulations to Donovan Woolen of Frisco Wakeland, the recipient of this week's Dave Campbell's Texas Football Impactful Leadership Award presented by First National Bank of Omaha. First National Bank of Omaha, the great big small bank. Now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. 
It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's welcome in the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Uh, the voice of the Texas Longhorns, and you can see him on Valley Sports Southwest every Friday night on High School School Board Live alongside Aaron Harding and myself. We're joined by the great Craig Way. Craig, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Aren't you guys glad it's all feeling like autumn now? We had to dodge a tornado in the northern uh, reaches of the greater Austin area last night, but hey, it's still autumn, you know? It is autumn. Uh, I just have a question. Like, I know you're not working today. Uh, so what are you doing? Aren't you just, I presumed you'd be sitting around in a lounger, um, you know, being fed grapes and being like fanned Fan. by large, <laughs> by large palm leaves. Uh, are you not doing that? You know, my wife better than that. She would not be feeding me grapes. You know, she, that, that would not be happening. Now, I, what I am doing, I'm, I'm not on the air on my regular show today, tomorrow, Thursday, taking care of some, some things, some of which, by the way, are honeydews. Mm. But uh, I'm, I'm also, as we speak, on my way to visit with LBJ Jaguars head coach Jamal Fenner. Um, I, I uh, am doing the broadcast Thursday night of LBJ against Eastside Early College, uh, a game that has, in uh, Jerry Forrest Pigskin Prep computer rankings, out of 119 schools, LBJ is number six, and Eastside, out of 119 schools, is 119. Mm. So, um, yeah, I uh, don't know if it'll uh, how the game will turn out, but you can draw your own conclusions. Uh, well, you you are nothing if not a sicko. That is that is for sure. Um, so that's one game, one one you know game that that you know we'll see how it all plays out. But we are coming out of a week nine uh, set slate of games that we were um, all very excited about. We were all extremely uh, you know fired up about what was happening across the state of Texas and uh, the potential for fireworks at pretty much every classification. I'll just put it to you like this: Did week nine? live up to your admittedly pretty lofty expectations as far as quality is concerned. Yeah, and and I tried to not over lofty, you know? I tried to I tried to just say okay, there's all these good matchups. We said that even all the way back at the start of the year. Let's not over expect. And yet it did. It, it it lived up to the building. I think all of us thought, and and that's what really makes it cool. That, that 
not only some of the games that turned out, like Stephen Dolchina spring. Remember when you asked me which game I, out of the three I'd go to, I picked that one. I would have been happy had I been at that one, uh, clearly. Um, and and it was, it, you know, that game and, and several other. I mean, heck, you know, Franklin Lorena was a game for quite some time. So there were there were a lot of games that, that lived every bit up to the billing. And I was excited about that and, and even more excited when we talk about how things are starting to get kind of crazy, not just in the greater Austin area, but in some other districts as well, in terms of these coming final two weeks of the regular season and the playoff implications and seeding and division status and 6A, all of those kinds of things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it lived all, all completely up to it for me. Uh, Craig Way, the Texas High Football Hall of Famer, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. There is, there's one game in particular that I want to ask you about from last week, and, um, and I posed this question to Matt Stepp on our podcast yesterday. Um, and it was it was Denton Geyer's win over Allen. Denton Geyer beats Allen forty nine to seven. It's 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 a the forty two point margin is the largest margin of victory uh, over over Allen in in twenty five years. Does that say to you is that more about Geyer or is that more about Allen? Yes, <laughs> uh, you know it's, it, you've heard me make this comparison before. When the answer to, to both questions is both, the, the comparison I always make is in Winnie the Pooh. When Winnie the Pooh is asked if he wants honey or condensed milk with his bread, and he says both, but don't bother about the bread. You know, it's it's you know I let me start with Geyer. Geyer is legitimate, as we know. Division two state championship contender, and and I think even more so this year, given the power structure of what very well may happen with the heavy, heavy, heavy power balance being in Division one. Even if Katie goes D two, and even if Vandegrift winds up D two, uh, and there's a growing chance Vandegrift may wind up in Division two after all, after look for all the world like they were going to be in Division one, but even if that is still an absolute, uh, uh, you know, lead pipe contender, since contender, to be playing for a state title. When you have a quarterback and a defense the way that they have, then yes, I think that they're a legitimate. Having said all that, I don't know what to make of that one. Um, uh, other than, other than this, Lee Wigginson is a very good coach, mm-hmm. but. But it is his first year there and kind of late arriving on the scene because of the way things transpired there. So I think it's kind of important to keep those things in mind as he tries the old royal thing about getting all the BBs back in the box. And and I, I think he'll have Allen in contending status again. Just don't know if it'll be this year, especially given the weight of Division One. But I think the answer to your question is both. Talking with Craig Wade, Texas Football Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Co- or Craig. Coach. Jeez. Um, we are we are two weeks away from the uh, from unwrapping the present, as you're fond of saying, uh, getting to the brackets and finding out exactly where everything is going to, to align. Um, I'll put it to you like this, and I love asking you questions that I know the answer to. The district race that has you most tantalized in these final two weeks is in which district? 
Well, uh, the the natural reaction would be 25-6A only because of the way things have gone to this point. Now, I will say this. It, it, it might end up taking care of itself. The only thing, the, the most fascinating thing about 25-6A is that that district is poised to do something I've never seen before, and that is to have to go to a second tier of multi-layer tiebreaker mm. with point differential. Uh, you know, we, we you know we always talk every year about how fun and how kind of murky and messy things can be. Oh, they're going to have to go to a three-way tiebreaker and and have the point differentials decided. Okay, that's all well and good, but what if the point differentials are flat, dead even? And they are between Cedar Ridge and uh, Maynard and Vista Ridge. They're dead level even, and they're going to be dead level even because they finished up against one another. And and the reasoning for that, I lay it at the feet of the District 25-6A Executive Committee because they decided on a tie-breaking differential of plus 13. That's low. And and I think it sets up for a multi-layered tiebreaker when you have only a plus 13. If you have like a plus 18 or 17, 21 in some districts, you get more separation there. And by the way, that would help Vista Ridge a lot, which holds a 20-point uh, win, although it would have helped Cedar Ridge as well. The, the one that would have been in trouble with that would have been Maynard. Now, because they're all uh, – plus 13 and a minus 13 in round robin wins and losses to one another, they're all at flat level zero. So now you go to the second tie break, which I've never seen done in a multiple tie breaking situation before where you have all three of them at zero and then it goes to the tie break for all district games. And here's where uh, the disadvantage will happen for Vista Ridge because they have to close with Vandegrift and Round Rock. Now Cedar Ridge has to play Round Rock this week, but if that all goes you know, if they all get pounded the way that Maynard was, um, you know, if it, then basically you're coming down. How did you do in those other games against Stony Point and Westwood? Uh, how did you do in, in all those other games? And then that ultimately would be what decides it. So that's that's the most fascinating part of it. But there's some other ones, too. There's there's a couple I noticed in 4A that could get mm-hmm. to a three or four way tie for two or three playoff spots. So there's still a lot to be decided. Six, I'll just throw this out there. 16-6A, I'm not sure if you've seen that, but Cy Ranch is at 4-1 and one in district, and then there's five teams at 3-2. and two. So it's going to be yeah. it's gonna be a mess. <laughs> messy, messy. And, and by the way, I used your your favorite word, one of your favorite words, on the Texas-Oklahoma State broadcast at halftime when it was 31-24, and I said, this has been a very pointsy first hey, half. We did it. And, Let's go. Yep. Oh, man. And, and, and and, and, Linda, and Linda texted me and said, "You just said point C." Yay! You know, so, I yeah. did it. Yeah, I'm an influencer yeah. now. All right, uh, it's time for the meanest thing I do to Craig Way each week, and that is to make him pick one game. And it's another very, I would say, not as deep of of uh, of just slam bang affairs to borrow a phrase um, as last year or last week rather, but still a very uh, very uh, a handful of really good ones. Craig Way, you can teleport to Thursday night. In Umble for Galena Park North Shore in Umble Tascasita, you can teleport to Duncanville on Friday night for DeSoto and Duncanville, or you can teleport to Jonesboro for May versus Jonesboro in a top five six man matchup. Which one are you teleporting to? Ooh, that one's. That I one told you, yeah, I threw a curveball at the end. 
Yeah, you did, boy. And I just, you know, as the old saying goes, I took that call third strike. I stood there <laughs> looking at it like a, like a house beside the road. You know, uh, the, the uh, I would probably say North Shore task a CDF only to see what's going to happen with North Shore with the quarterbacking situation with Bailey being banged up. So, I, you know, uh, I, I'd be curious about that. That would be a part of it. Um, having said that, that six-man game mm-hmm. is extremely entertaining and exciting. And you know me, by the way, when you get to this time of year, especially next week, not as much this week, but especially next week, I really like the um, the the one game, winner near and losing you home, winner take all situation. We got one of those in the Greater Austin area this week. Gerald and Maynard New Tech. Oh wow! Whoever wins is getting in. So so that that that'll be a lot of fun to watch too. Playoffs have come early to for Gerald and Maynard New Tech. Uh, <laughs> He's Craig Way. He's Texas High School Hall of Famer. Hear him on the horn every weekday uh, from 10 to noon, but not this week. Maybe on Friday. Uh, and then uh, and then see him on Valley Sports Southwest on High School Scoreboard Live uh, on Friday night alongside Aaron Hartigan and myself. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and go get those honeydews done. Uh, on my list. Thank you. There he goes. <laughs> Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer. Joins us every ways. Tuesday. I text football today. Yeah, he told me he was taking off... Um, uh, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from the radio show uh, to, because it's it's a it's a Texas Open date. Yep. Uh, they don't play this week, and so he was like he does so he doesn't have like the coaches show. And he doesn't have like because um, some of the normal things that he does on a Texas game week, and so this is an opportunity to get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and Linda's finally getting some work out of him. It's about time, I say. Love it. Anyway, we appreciate Craig White hopping on with us. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Ashley. Ashley. What? Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up again this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. And the fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 9 Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. El Paso El Dorado defensive coordinator Brent Jacques, the Aztecs defense forced five turnovers and held El Paso's accord at just 199 yards total offense in a 50 to nothing win. Brian offensive coordinator Mike Waldy, the Vikings offense took flight in a must-win game against district rival Hewitt Midway, romping to a 50 to 21 victory. Mansfield Timberview offensive or defense coordinator Ricardo Rendon, the Wolves defense was relentless in its 80 to nothing win over District Foe Dallas Sunset, holding the Bison to just 19 yards of total offense and forcing a trio of turnovers, including a fumble return for a score. And finally, Ed Ball from Lago Vista offensive coordinator, the Vikings romped past district rival Maynard New Tech 59 to eight to clinch a playoff spot. So those are your Week Nine built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. I do want to encourage you to go check my Twitter feed at Tepper because um, in in doing research for how to for nominating players, nominating coaches rather. Um, I did happen to come across Ed Ball, Jim Ed Ball's uh, official photo for Lago Vista. And um and you just need to go on my Twitter and find it. It is a uh is a delight in every single way. I might try to get it to pickle while we're running the uh the uh the, the things. Are you are you you look like you're working. Got it. 
You got it? Got it. All right, let's see if we can uh, pull this up. Oh, I don't... not that photo. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. have that. I'll send that to you. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, uh, go vote for the uh, Dairy Max Bill Pot Milk Assistant Coach of the Week on Twitter right now. We will try to get that photo up of, uh, of Jim at Paul. All right, Pickle, let's roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Armor. Each week we scour the internet. We scour the world looking for the finest Texas high school football plays of the week. If you've got a play you think should be nominated, tweet it to us, hashtag DCTF Top 10. Uh, we then get our, uh, our, our army of, uh, of video people. Yeah, it's a tiny army. And, uh, <laughs> and we put together the Top 10 Plays of the Week. Here they are, the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week, presented by Body Armor. Sterling Bright is in motion. And off right up the middle of the Morris, picking up right where he left off last week. Into the open field he goes. He's going to take it 69 yards to the house on the first play from scrimmage. Go directly behind Leon now. And the handoff goes to Nico. Slips two defenders. High steps at the five. He's in. Nico Hamilton from 14 yards out, his second touchdown of the game. Give it to Davis. Breaks the tackle. Breaks another one. Touchdown. Looking to throw again to the right sideline. Too high, tipped, and intercepted. Return down the sideline. And we got a dog loose. And a touchdown. Bulldog. On the right side. Brown with time. Launches deep. He's got a man there. And the pass is caught. And walking in for the touchdown is Darren Gill. Here, as Crippen works out of the gun, he'll look to throw. Crippen airing one out deep down the field. Oh, what a catch. In stride inside the 10. Landon Wamir. And the ball came out there at the end. They're fighting for it now. No signal yet. Touchdown. That tiebreaker as they give it off to Corey O'Brien on the jet sweep. O'Brien down the sideline, and here goes Corey O'Brien to put icing on this game. Touchdown, Tom Ball Memorial. Pato's got third down and six. Truehill looking to throw. Fires this one deep downfield. Stevenson is down there. He makes the catch. Oh, and he gets away from the defender. Touchdown, Panthers. Quarterback play action. Blitz coming. Throw over the middle. One-handed grab. Here comes Kyler. Touchdown, Cywoods. His second touchdown of the day. Oh, Cruz draws back again, looks to his right, looks for his receiver, Micah Hudson, one-hand catch, touchdown! There it is, the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. If you've got plays you want to be uh, in the mix for Top 10 Plays of the Week, go to hashtag DCTFTop10. All right, Pickle. Let me tell you about the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coach of the Week. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 9, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, David Hicks Sr. from Katie Pato. After a difficult two weeks of Pato, interim coach Hicks guided the Panthers through the turbulent times and led Pato to a massive 42-14 win over Katie Seven Lakes, keeping their playoff hopes alive. In 5A, Ben Bittner from 
Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Coach Bittner's Eagles rallied from an 11-point deficit with under two minutes to play to stun previously unbeaten Corpus Christi Miller 38-34 and seize control of the District 14-5A Division I race. In 4A, Joey Rivera from Gonzalez. Coach Rivera's Apaches put together a complete effort on Friday, moving to 4-4 four and four on the season with a massive 52-44 win over Smithville. In 3A, David Woodard from West. In a highly anticipated showdown in Central Texas, Coach Woodard's Trojans got off on the front foot and never looked back in an impressive 38-21 win over Grandview. In 2A, Jacob McGee from Cayuga. After posting a 3-8 and record in 2021, Coach McGee's Wildcats were an afterthought in District 7, 2A, Division 1, but they moved to top of mind, improving to 8-1 and on the year with a 28-0 win over Italy. In the 1A ranks, Isaiah Archer from Newcastle. In a critical District 8-1A Division 2 opener, the Bobcats grabbed the upper hand in the chase for the district title with an emphatic 40-36 win over defending state champ Strawn. And the private school ranked Steve Lees from uh, Bel Air Episcopal. In one of the most anticipated private school games of the week, the Knights defense stood tall in a 21-15 win over rival Houston Kincaid. So those are your Week 9 Dave Campbell's Tech Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches. Thank you for what you do for players, schools, and communities. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Now let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. We have a, uh, a picture that you wanted shown. So I don't want to tell you guys how to vote, okay? And I don't want to skew the voting here. I want you guys to have a full complement of information here is all I'm saying. So for the Dairy Max Bill Pie Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, one of the gentlemen who's, who's nominated is Lago Vista Offensive Coordinator um, uh, Jim at Ball. Uh I would just like to show you the official photo. Hold on. The official photo on the Lago Vista website for Jim Ed Ball. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. And again, I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want to tell you what to do. Amazing. But that man looks trustworthy. I'm just telling you, he looks trustworthy. I would trust him with my offense. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to tell you how to vote. It's exceptional. Yeah, vote vote with your conscience. Mm-hmm. Vote your conscience, okay? Vote your conscience. But that is Jim Ed Ball, the offensive coordinator. But it, like we would not be doing our journalistic duties if we did not show you this photo. Men, what's keeping you from looking like this? This is true. There's a lot to break down here. The fishing shirt's excellent. The sunglasses are excellent. Needless to say, the hat and the hay are excellent as well. Just a, a whole vibe. Yep. A, whole, a whole vibe. The vibes are fantastic. I... Anyway, we gotta see if we can get him at coaching school. Like he can be the one assistant that we interview every year. Oh, that'd be awesome. Until we get this man a head coaching job. Well, now that's my only. As long as he coaches on the sideline like that, <laughs> I am ready to roll. Anyway, there you go. It's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/DaveCampbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash/DaveCampbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Craig White, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. <laughs>